0: Hello and welcome to Millennial Money Mindset. If you want the fruits, you need the roots. So, today we are joined by Fanny Snaith, who is a money coach. So excited for her to be here today. So, thank you so much for joining us. So, thank you for inviting me. Why it's such a big need at the moment for money coaches, what actually is a money coach, and how the listener at home can help, um, can learn more about money coaching and the next steps that someone can take. So, yeah, thanks so much, Fanny. So, today, Personal finances is the biggest worry for an estimated 5.3 million people in the UK. And that was according to a study by the Office of National Statistics. People getting next to nothing on their money. It's getting eroded by inflation. The cost of a financial advisor is insane. And yeah, so money coaching is another alternative. There's also maybe touch on what is an accountant, what is a solicitor. And essentially, money coaching is is a new solution to this problem around money. So yeah, Vanny, essentially why is there such a big need or why do people should come and get money coaching today
1: well you say that money coaching is a new thing and essentially i guess it is i've been a money coach now for six years mm-hmm. um the subject of money is a really interesting one because everybody it's the one thing that everybody has to handle right we can't really avoid it in this country and we're with it 24 7 365 days a year and yet, it's still one of the biggest taboos that's left unspoken about. People would, it's, you know, it's very obvious that people and well documented that people would rather talk about sex or yeah. death than talk yeah. about money. Yeah. Um, and yet, it's probably one of the subjects that people spend so much time worrying about.
0: Yeah. You so know? Why are people afraid to talk or not afraid to talk about why do people why are people reluctant to talk
1: about money people are reluctant to talk about money because money is a tool um there's a brilliant there's a famous quote there's a lovely lovely quote by the writer Ayn Rand which says money is simply a tool and it will take us wherever we wish to go but it will not replace us as the driver and I think that's the rub really is it is a tool but we are the drivers of our financial lives in a world whereby we've never been taught how to handle money, yeah. we have all kinds of uh, beliefs and thoughts poured into our brains when we're children, when our brains are like sponges and just soak up everything. And you know, we know that before the age of seven, everything that we're told and everything that we're shown, we just we just assume to be the truth. Why would we yeah. not do that? Yeah. So everything that we see, hear, observe, experience around money when we're children is sucked into our brains. We have parents that weren't taught about money either, who were filled with weird and wonderful ideas from their parents too. We put all of this into the filing cabinet in the brain, not necessarily in the right order, and come out with some extremely strange ideas that we believe we grow up believing that they're they're normal. And then we get into this adult world where all of a sudden we're expected to be able to, at 18, go out and live a sensible financial life, which, of course, we have absolutely no idea what we're doing. And we all have very strange thoughts and beliefs around it. So we're not going to talk about it because we are in a world of comparison, judgment, not being enough, yeah. a feeling of lack. Um, and everything in between
0: yeah and we didn't even need to talk about it previously well it was rest, less important so in previous generations you'd work all your life at the end of that working life you'd get a handshake a carriage clock, and then a guaranteed income for life they had these things called annuities or these the golden age of pensions where you would essentially work your you'd work all your life and then when you retired you would get money paid into your bank account every month and you wouldn't even need to worry about it if you could buy an affordable house and if you had any money left over, you would put that money into a bank and happily get 5% interest rates. So all that today has been blown out of the water. We're getting next to nothing in interest rates, inflation's creeping up, house prices for the millennial especially, who's just trying to get onto the property ladder, which this podcast is um, it's the title of this podcast. Mm-hmm. We now have to manage our own money. So there's pension freedoms, which was introduced in 2015. So this changed the law. And also auto enrollment So now, you if you work at a job, if you go to work, at an employer, uh, if you um, work at a job, you're auto enrolled into a. You now have to decide. You have to be responsible for what what happens with that money. Where does that money go? So all these things are kind of a big melting pot, and it kind of hasn't caught up with us to kind of understand how to how to invest.
1: Can I add something to that? Yeah, go. Because. I think the other thing is is that I think what we have to remember here and I hear you sort of giving a scenario of what sounds like gloom and doom compared to what happened before however
0: yeah go, go on Sorry.
1: however let's also recognize we've never been in such a place of opportunity
0: 100% agree yeah
1: so there are whereas you know, when I was a kid, and I'm what, I'm going to be 57 this week, when I was a kid, we had no calculator, I mean, we hadn't even got a cap I, I did a maths exam when calculators didn't even exist, yeah, right, how mad is that, yeah, um, no mobile phones, no computers, no, I mean, we even had what was called a party line, when we had to telephone somebody, do you know what I mean, we had the person over this other side of the street that shared our line, we didn't have any online courses, we yeah. didn't have Zoom, we didn't have all all of these other opportunities that are out there so whereby things are quite complicated fiscally for people there is also a myriad of opportunity out there for people should they be clever enough wise enough and open enough to pick up that opportunity so let's not forget that
0: yeah no I do agree I I was in my book I also talk about it's a great place to be like we can eat any food from around the world we can before coronavirus we could jump on a plane and go to any place in the world we can at, at the touch of a button we have amazing technology so i don't necessarily want to be all doom and gloom but i do think that for house prices especially the millennial generation have been around house price the, the statistics are kind of crazy i think in the 70s uh, uh the average wage was something like two thousand pounds a year and the average house price was four thousand pounds a year. Whereas today, the average house price is hundreds of thousands of pounds compared to the average wage, which is £30,000.
1: Yeah, unless you go go to the places in the country, which I suppose aren't necessarily a place where you might want to go, but unless you go to the places in the country where you can still buy a three or a two bed for £45,000, it is still possible, you can still do it, but it's just whether you actually want to be in that space. So you know again we talk about property prices look if you're going to buy a house in London obviously it's going to be crazy um and you you know you need a huge amount of money but let's not also let's not forget that around the country in different spaces there are some amazing opportunities to buy property um and 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 live in it and be very affordable just want to put that in there
0: no i do agree and a lot of it, also starting a new business. If you want to start a business, it's never been easier, it's never been cheaper, and it's never been simpler to start your own business. The exactly tools and um technology that's available today makes it so much easier to start your own business. And in, I love investing and it's never been easier, it's so easy to start investing with you can literally do it at a click of a button, you can do it with pounds, two pounds, and yeah, so it's it is exactly. very easy to invest. And that's almost sometimes the is maybe counterintuitive, intuitive, but because it's so easy to invest, because you have an app that you can click and buy and sell at an instant, it almost goes against what investing should be. So my book, Millennial Money Mindset, was called "If you want the fruits, you need the roots," and investing is all about investing for the long term. It's like planting a seed, and that's going to grow into a tree, and that's correct. Going to provide, you know, firm,
1: a firm foundation. I think you know the interesting part of all this explosion with. Um, uh, retail investors, yeah. is it we you know we've been in a bull market for however long now, and it, it, we're all riding on a crest of a wave. And even COVID added to that crest of a wave, really. I mean, when we took that drop on the 23rd of March, 20 was it 2019 or 2020? It was 2019, wasn't it? Oh my god, I
0: forget even when it was now. It's been rising since if you look at a graph, even go back to the 1750s, that it's the stock market, if there's a a graph i use in my book and it shows that the the i think it's the dow jones of 30 biggest companies in the usa it's been rising steadily since the
1: it has it has but if you were to take it in 10 year chunks so for instance if you were to look at the i think it's like the mid 80s look at the 80s for instance as a decade it's yeah. pretty flat compared to what we've got now so if you look so for instance the attitude towards investing when i was a kid was very di- different to the attitude of investing now because yeah. when you put money in i mean for instance when i i started investing in my early 20s
0: yeah
1: and um you know the rise was like oh god oh, it was it was it was slow yeah and but in the last in the last 10 years whoa it's just I mean, people use this word exponential, but you look at the S&P 500, which for, for listeners is the top 500 companies in America, of which 20, about 25% is owned by the top four, the FANG of companies, Facebook, Amazon, Google, and Netflix, um, you know, and it, yeah, it's gone up massively. I mean, I started investing in some Vanguard, in Vanguard ISA, which is probably one with the lowest feeds that you can do if you want to try and make sure you're keeping as much money to yourself um literally after the crash on the 23rd of march mm-hmm. and yesterday i was looking at it it's gone up by 33 percent. you know that's amazing yeah and that's not always going to happen and i think the thing for us all to be aware of is that when the market does have a correction which it will have because it always yeah. does yeah. is we need to be ready psychologically and mentally for that time and that's one of the reasons why we have money coaches there yeah. you go how did that how about that for bringing the conversation back around <laughs> to money coaching perfect so why have a money coach
0: this podcast is brought to you by the book millennial money mindset if you want the fruits you need the roots it's the five step method to getting money mindset getting more money into your pocket more time in your day and less stress in your life get your copy today
1: why have a money coach So, money coach money coaching what's money coaching all about well i think that there's money coaching and there's money coaching i'm a certified money coach and i'm not sort of saying that with any sort of like grandiosity but i did my training at the money coaching institute in america by a wonderful lady called deborah price and we do a a, a kind of money coaching that i think is sort of slightly different from what might be considered as the, as the norm so we focus first and foremost extremely heavily on mindset okay. and the reason why this is so brilliant so when I started out in, as twi- in 2015 as a money coach
0: yeah.
1: my idea of being a money coach was I had developed some amazing spreadsheets that I used myself and a money system money mapping system that I still use today that I thought right I'm going to become a money coach I don't want to do what I'm doing anymore all I need to do is book people in come bring them in show them my amazing spreadsheet sell them my services and off they go and they'll be financially free in no time. Yeah. No, that did not happen. So what happened was people did come along, pay me my fee and I started showing them these spreadsheets and what would happen is that they would either burst into tears or just glaze over and start looking out of the window. Yeah. And I was thinking, what the hell is going on here? These are clever, intelligent people, highly qualified, possibly dealing with hundreds of thousands of pounds in the workplace and I'm sitting here and all I'm trying to do is to teach them how to look after their money
0: yeah
1: so it occurred to me very quickly was that it's not the ability to look after your money that's the problem it's what's going on in your head yeah So we need to address this. So I started looking into the psychology of money and actually thinking of and hearing for the first time that we have a relationship with money. How mad is that? And then that then brought into question my own relationship with money, which was extremely interesting. Um, And I found the Money Coaching Institute in America and went off and trained there for a year and learned a lot of really good stuff. So one thing that we realize or that I realize and my fellow money coaches realize is that people tend to focus on money as being a problem in their lives. I haven't got enough of it. I don't know how to spend it. I don't know how to save it. Um, I feel awkward. Um, I always want to crawl under the table when the bill comes when we're out for dinner. Um, I find it very difficult to receive gifts when I'm very good at giving, giving. I, I flick through hello magazine and look at all the celebrities and the wonderful holidays and one and get jealous that I haven't got that. And yet I'm taking no action whatsoever to look after my money. I would rather stick needles in my eyes than do a budget. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I feel very stressed, but I must go on holiday. Let's put it on the credit card. Oh, why do I feel stressed when I come home? Why do I get post-purchase depression when I have spent more, more, more than, you know, whatever. So all these questions, people, present money as the problem money isn't the problem problem ever it's the it's the symptom so my type of money coaching is to really listen and speak to my clients for a long time you know for a good couple of sessions literally about how they think and how they feel not just about money but what other experiences and observations and thoughts are coming up in their younger life which are then creating subconscious patterns of behavior that they're carrying forward into adulthood, which is then affecting their financial life, affecting, giving them a glass ceiling, giving them a fear of money, anxiety, guilt, shame, whatever it might be that is then demonstrating itself in their financial world. But that isn't the problem, it's never the problem. And I believe that once we can get through that, once we can get to that place where we can see what's going on, and I'll give you a couple of examples in a minute, if it would help you, if it would help you, then we can start looking at the figures.
0: And the science backs this backs up as well. So before, you might have thought kind of mindset is a bit woo-woo, a bit kind of hippie, a bit out there, but there's, there's a lot of science that has now been done. There's a really good book called Mindset by Carol Dwork, and I reference that in my book, Millennial Money yep. Mindset, and it's talking about the difference between... A fixed mindset and a growth mindset. So, mindset. we are yeah. as we are, and growth mindset is kind of we can actually grow and think and learn and adapt and become better. But
1: let's go rather than I, I. And I've read Carol Dweck's book, and I I love it. Yeah, I do like it, and I I think it's a very useful book. But I think going beyond that, yeah. that's all sort of reasonably conscious.
0: Yeah, but
1: I think what we have to do is we have to go deeper than that into sort of more like the quantum side of things and actually look at the subconscious because most of the time the behavior that we are expressing or the behavior that we have especially around money and around a lot of other things is subconscious it's okay. we don't even know that we're doing it hmm. so for instance you know you you'll probably have friends that are really good at choosing rotten partners right? And then they'll dump their rotten partner, number five, and along will come rotten partner number six, right? There's a subconscious, there's a something, something energetically that's going on with them that is attracting this kind of person into their life. You'll probably know people who get get into debt, get out of debt, get into debt, get out of debt, get into debt, get out of debt, but that pattern just keeps repeating itself again and again and again, The thing is with these patterns is that they're deep, right? And for instance, you know, my my thing, if you want to hear it, my story, which is a good example, I guess, I used to tell the story when I was training as a money coach that, oh, you know, the reason I'm a money coach is because my mum and my mum got married and divorced three times by the time I was 12. Um, All of those marriages were based around money, my, all of them argued about money. The second stepfather was a bit a bit dodgy so mum wanted to get us out of the house. so at seven I got sent off to boarding school. Um, I thought I came from a wealthy family which I did and then I walked into boarding school and I became the pauper for three years, which did nothing for my self-worth. Um, you know, thinking that they were better than me and all this kind of stuff, then came out of boarding school because my second stepfather, who was also my mum's bank manager, Um, was blackmailed, and gave all of our money away to an East End gangster. So we literally ended up with nothing 76 quid we had. And we came out of boarding school. And went. I went to the local comprehensive, where there they thought I was the rich girl, because I spoke with I spoke with a posh accent, and had just come from boarding school. So they thought that I was rich, but actually, I didn't have a bean. And so what I've been all my life is a financial misfit. Right? So that's my story, which then I'm standing in the free school meals dinner queue at this school, feeling really angry. And I said to myself, wow, my life really is, excuse my French, a bit of a shit show. Um, This isn't going to happen when I'm an adult. I'm going to take the moral high ground and I'm going to say that I'm never going to be beholden to anybody financially when I grow up and that I'm going to be a millionaire and i did that 10 years old
0: how how you change this if if someone's going down you say these
1: but the whole point of it is that's not the pattern that's the story that's the story right that's the story but underneath all that disappointment my my mum constantly told us that we were a disappointment to her she constantly told us that we were coming up short She was never parented, she was doing her best. She wasn't a bad woman, right? But that her her thing was she wanted the best for us and she she kept on telling us that we were disappointing. Not a great thing to tell a child. Hmm. And then certain things happened in my life, which I'm not gonna go into here, which created a lot of shame in my life. But if you layer those two things on top of each other, right, because the money story is great, but underneath the money story um, um, are emotions that, took me through so when i finally hit the seventh digit on my net worth right it was only on paper right whatever it means i found it a complete disappointment it was like nothing happened i thought there were going to be bells whistles and flags waving hey i'm a millionaire brilliant nothing absolutely flat as a pancake in fact it was disappointing because of course it would be disappointing because that's the pattern and actually underneath it all There was also some shame because theoretically i had all this money on paper but it didn't mean anything so you've got to get to the root the root of it you have to get to the root of it because if not nothing is going to change it's just going to be face value it's just going to be you're going to go back to how it was I should, probably shouldn't say that, but sometimes they have these really long events with like Tony Robbins, et cetera. And quite often you go there and don't get me wrong, I love Tony Robbins and you'll go and do these three day events, unleash the power within and you'll go along and you're it's all rah, rah, rah and motivational and everybody jumping up and down and changing your state and it's, oh, I'm going to change the world. Yeah, I feel absolutely brilliant. And you've got all this neuro-linguistic programming that's going on to back it all up. And then the four days ends And within about a week, you've gone back to exactly the same as you were again. You have to do the work. You've got to continue to do the work and really find out what those inner conflicts are within you that are stopping you doing what you think you want to do.
0: Yeah. There's a really interesting book called um, it's called it's something called cybernetics, but it's, 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 <gasps> I just, it's, it's the best book Malts or something like this, but it's basically, you talk about Tony Robbins and all all basically everything comes back to this book. This, I have to,
1: I, uh, no, 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 excuse me. I can actually show you it's called cyber cyber. It's called psycho right, cybernetics. Yes. And, it's and a, yeah,
0: you're going to ask me
1: for, a, you're going to ask me for a book at the end of this. And ah. that's the
0: one I was going to give you. Perfect. Okay. Brilliant. Okay. It's yeah. i I was kind of blown away by it, but uh, essentially this guy is a plastic surgeon and he's done a lot of work on essentially people who thought they were ugly or had big ears or big nose or whatever. And not necessarily didn't have that, but they kind of, their self image had it. that they, they thought it had a, 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 whatever, something wrong with them and how they saw themselves, how they saw, we all have like a little person is not, not literally, but imagine we all have like a self image, a mirror of us inside us. And until we change that, person inside us or to change that mirror image then we can't change our external so the way i think of it is we have our inner game so our money mindset is our inner game how our thoughts feelings our relationship our emotion to money and then we have our outer game which essentially is how we allocate our assets how if we buy a property put money into a bank or put money into businesses but this book it's i think it's i'd highly recommend it Essentially, did all the research behind it and A lot of the work people people quote him, even the Tony Robbins and a lot of the the kind of the greats today essentially comes from this one book that he did a lot of research. I
1: think the thing, I think to make it simple for people as well is to think about look, we've got feelings. Yeah. And we've got um we've got emotions and we've got feelings. So our feeling, we've got well and emotions come, you know how you have like you can get like a butterfly tummy. Hmm. Yeah. which could either be excitement or it could be fear essentially yeah. they're the same um but when you you talk about the little person i'd like to call it your inner child or your soul
0: okay The
1: right? yeah. your real person yeah because the, the 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 person that we become is basically our personality which is how what which is evolved from how we react from other from things that we see and observe and experience around us
0: yeah
1: but the inner the inner child the one that always has our back the one that always wants the the right thing for us is yeah. always going to be in there talking to us but the what ha- what tends to happen is our personality some people say ego tends to cloud that
0: yeah
1: and i think that when you if you have a feeling of um fear or anxiety or guilt or shame or you know whatever it might be, you've got any of that. And if that's even then it's expressed as a pain in the body. That is showing you it's such a gift. It's showing you that you have a conflict between yeah. your soul and what's going your personality. And that's your trigger. That's your that's your time to go, hey up, this is interesting. What can I do? with this now to work out what's going on inside me what can i do if i'm feeling fear why am i feeling fear you know if there's a there's sometimes there's an easy way right so let's say for instance you go to one of those horrible drop slides uh, uh, at a farm park or something right we've got one near us and you look up and you go oh my god that looks awful (laughs) it's really quite logical that you're going to go up there and feel fear because you're supposed to yeah. Right, there's nothing normal about throwing yourself off a, an almost vertical slide and hurtling down towards the ground, and your brain is all just going, "Oh my god!" But you're not going to be safe. You're not going to be doing this. So that that's perfectly normal. But if you're feeling fear when you are about to go and stand on a stage, or you're about to go and pay somebody some money for something that you're not sure about, or whatever, you need to ask yourself why. Where's that coming from? And I. What I notice is that we are brilliant at asking ourselves questions. Why do I do that? How often do we actually stop and allow ourselves to answer? We never listen to that answer.
0: Yeah.
1: you know. And so this is it. I have clients who come to me and they they rarely do I have somebody come with me and just go, "I need to know how to create a budget," right? They don't say that. They might come to me and they go, I want to feel successful. Have you ever read um, Simon Sinek? The, uh, the, oh, so the Why. Yeah. And he, in the book. Why, I think
0: is that the, that's the name of the title of the book, is it? Yeah.
1: And in, in there, he says that he's invited to this amazing conference of really super, super successful business people. And the business people are asked at this conference, they go, hands up how many of you have reached your yearly sales targets already this year? And I think they're around the second quarter and nearly everybody's hand went up. And they then asked the second question, which was, and take, leave your hand up if you feel really successful and 80% of them took their hand down. Yeah. Right. So they set themselves a target, they've cracked it smashed it well before time and yet they still don't feel successful what's that all about
0: yeah a lot of that's due or adver- advertising i think has a lot to do with that, how we compare ourselves to others and right. if you look up you know, coca-cola pepsi mcdonald's they all if you look at their adverts they have and a lot of alcohol companies as well they kind of picture these adverts with people friends family enjoying themselves and being successful on a beat somewhere and it kind of makes subcon. We come back to subconsciously. Maybe it's subconsciously you you feel you're, that you're not worthy enough, yeah. you're not drinking. The, I've the-
1: just um I've literally just made a video about Christmas. I, I partner with a company called BorrowFree. Mm. It's um which is a it's a it's a great company actually because they do um, salary advances by ways of vouchers, but without charging any interest to the the person that borrow- that needs the money upfront and without any charge to the employee. It's great. I'm not trying to give them a plug. It's genuinely a really good company. i made a video recently for them about christmas and it's like you look at all the christmas adverts what do you see you see a huge table with loads of people sitting around it these massive glossy turkeys every single vegetable that you can imagine every christmas cracker you know 15 christmas crackers per person red wine white wine beautiful crystal all over the tables it's like and it's telling you that that's what Christmas is supposed to be like, yeah. which in the rear in reality, is absolutely rubbish. Yeah, you know, it's crazy. And actually, if we're looking in, you know, we're looking at today's things. There's going to be a lot of people out there who want to ethically have Christmas, who aren't going to have crappy crackers on the table with a silly toy that's made from some factory in China by somebody who's paid. 20 you know a dollar a day or whatever yeah people don't want this stuff anymore we want it to be we want it to be working for all of us a win-win so you're absolutely right and all you know we've even had adverts that go it's because you deserve it you know yeah. i mean come on but this is the thing we need to get to the psychology of why people aren't looking after their money and wanting to make sure that they've got enough money in their uh, older years so that they can be comfortable and also be able to look after their families and do whatever they want to do with it, really. Yeah. The other thing that you've got to look at, as well as the psychology, is looking at people, well, whilst you're looking at the psychology, you look at people's values. Hmm. Yeah. You know, you ask what people what's important to you? Well, family is really important to me, holidays are really important to me. Um, I like to um do some like to do volunteering work, that's really important to me. Um, I like to have um, a really nice house that's important to me. And money doesn't even feature in their values. And it's pretty obvious that if money isn't going to feature or wealth isn't going to feature in your top five values, the chances are you're not going to be wealthy and you're not gonna have money. That isn't to say that that's a game over for you. The work then is to actually look at your values and try and attach, you know, work out how you can attach those values to looking after your wealth. Say, for instance, if you want to have a nice house and you want to go on a nice holiday, it's going to cost money, right? So it's going to be much less painful for you to save the money up before you go on holiday rather than put it on the credit card and then come back and then feel like you've got even more stress than you had before you went away because now you've got to pay for the thing. Whereas wouldn't it be really nice now is to start saving for next year's holiday.
0: Yeah. I agree with what you said, especially start coming back to saying money is a tool. It's actually, it's not actually yourself, but it's actually just and it's a technology essentially. It's like the internet. You connect to the internet, you don't think that the internet's good or bad. You don't think that you know even getting water irrigation, that's the technology. Just drinking that, it's not good about it. It's the same with money. It's just a means of exchange. It's just exchange.
1: It, it is a means of exchange, but it's got so much emotion and baggage attached to it, you know, because the yeah. thing is what yeah. you what you consider good value for a fiver might be completely different for me. Yeah. You know, and this is the thing, it's like you you, you know, God, that's expensive. Oh, is it? Yeah. You know? Or how much, how much am I worth? When I go to work how much should I be paid there's all these different things about you know in all the beliefs that we have and just the just the whole essence of value is a massive subject
0: yeah for me personally I my big thing about money is being self-reliant that's one of my big things and independent as well so I've worked at a corporate job for 10 years I worked as a financial advisor for a number of years and I realize actually being waking up and doing what I want to do in the morning to choosing to go to work for joy rather than working for necessity. For me, that's one of my biggest values. And that's essentially why one of the reasons I created my business. And essentially, that's what I'm trying to help people do as well, realizing actually it's not about making as much money as you can and then buying lots of stuff that you don't necessarily need. It's going to fill up your house. It's more about actually having self-reliance and being not worrying about. I got made redundant and not worrying about is, is there going to be a next run of job cuts in your corporate job? Is there going to be a market crash? For me, I, it didn't really matter that the market crashed because I'm in it for the long term. My I've got a well diverse portfolio. It doesn't necessarily, it, do, it doesn't matter to me because I know for the long term, it's going to bounce back. So for me, that's, in talking about values, for me, that's my my personal values. And everyone's different. Everyone has their own values. And it's kind of, for me as a money coach, discovering what's important to my clients and what their family as well and I do that by doing a life plan and helping them and also coming one more point quickly is I, I see money coaching as essentially getting them to the next helping people get to the next rung of the ladder if you think of a stair definitely, oh absolutely definitely yeah. and I think talking about too much kind of pain and too much um kind of anguish and shame a lot of people I, i'm not a psychologist i'm not trained as a psychology i i mean i love psychology i can i've read lots of books about it but i'm not trained as a psychologist so uh, if someone's got real issues with money if there's a lot of people in come to me about real debt problems and there's lots of good charities there's a step change i think it is is really good so i, I don't necessarily look if someone's got real problems i'm not a psychologist some there's really good jobs out there that People can do with
1: can I put a recommendation in for people who are in really, really yeah. big effect? Rather than going to step change, I'm not saying don't go to step change, but before you go to any of those places, there's a chap who's got a YouTube channel. He's called Oye. Have you heard of him? Yeah. He's absolutely brilliant. I've interviewed him before. He said it's called Oye TV, or if you just go onto YouTube and Google and put him, Oye O-Y-E, Oye Debt. And he has he has studied to the last to the bottom line, the credit rules and laws and all this kind of stuff. And actually. You, I would highly recommend that you go and watch some of his stuff before you go to any of those step change, assistance advice, anybody like that.
0: Yeah,
1: Um, because you yeah, there are some very interesting things to learn
0: yeah no i agree Uh, i mean there are government supports but then there's downside of you know government how much do you trust the government or how much do you well step
1: change step change are paid step change i I believe are paid um a commission on how much they manage to get the consumer to pay back so it's all
0: linked just just go and so check out oia first and yeah, see yeah. and no, i'll, I'll, it it down. I'll definitely check it out i guess my point is everyone's got their own biases and I was yeah. with step trains they might have their own biases. I, I don't know too much about them and citizens advice bureau i have uh, spoken to them and it's i i always think if i can't help someone especially around debt if they're in a real kind of mountain of debt totally I would pass them that on is. to someone who can
1: help them and, me too uh, and I, I i mean i'm i'm essentially i'm not a debt counselor either however i will help somebody out of debt in fact i love helping people out of debt if they have a chunk, if they have a good income coming in that they they are able to satisfy that debt over time if they want to satisfy that debt over time then i will certainly work with them but what i'm not going to do is i'm not going to charge somebody my fees um, which is taking away even more of their money, which is putting them even more into a hole. That financial balance has got to be authentic. I'm not gonna ever come from a place of non-authenticity and that um, and congruency in that respect.
0: Yeah. yeah, I'm the same as well. So for me, I've lucky enough, I've taken out credit cards, but I've never been, apart from student debt, I've got a mortgage, but apart from that, I've never been in kind of deep hole of consumer credit. So I'm yeah. in that, and I think I, I think the people that can help people the most is who have had experience doing whatever that person is teaching them. So I have been investing for over 20 years. I worked on the trading floor. I've been a financial advisor, and I've personally invested into an ISA for 15 years. So I, for me, helping someone invest is super easy for me because I've done it. I've been there and kind of yeah. I mean, I've.
1: I mean, I know how to. I mean, I know how to help people pay off their credit card debt in a in a a very efficient way. But you can't do that if you don't have enough income coming in to be able to live. To yeah. be able to contain the debt yeah. to have some kind of value some kind of um level you know good level of life so you're not in complete deprivation because that won't work and so that you can actually get the debt debt down to as cheaply as possible by getting zero percent wherever you can do doing as much deals with the credit card companies as, as you can and using like a snowball debt destroyer or using the avalanche method to actually help move that forward. But there has to be the income coming in that you can, that you can offset it with, you know? And so you're not, you need to get to the point where you're living within your means and be able to satisfy your debt payment and have enough money coming in to lead a reasonable level of life. But don't get me wrong You know, this is the thing. And I think it's important for, um, millennials to and everybody to, to realize this is that they see people who are financially successful and so often it's like, well, it's all right for them because they've got the, 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 you know, whatever this list of stuff that it's all right for them for nine times out of 10, and I know certainly for myself, I've had to make sacrifices along the way. You know, I don't, I don't have, um, a big shiny car. Well, it's quite shiny, but it's quite, it's very old, my car. And I, you know, I love my car, but I, you know, I bagged a bargain, a secondhand car in 2012 for three and a half thousand pounds. That's, you know, a, an amazing car.
0: Yeah.
1: But I don't, you know, I don't splash out on things. I don't, I'm not, luckily I have no value around designer clothes. So the thing is, if you want to become financially successful, to be able to do the whole thing without sacrifice is really rare.
0: Hmm.
1: But I'm not, you know, and I was listening to the podcast you did with Andy, who would be clever with your cash. And, he, you know, you do have to keep a certain level of lifestyle. Like he, I thought a brilliant line he said was, you don't get as much fun going to a festival at 50 as you do in your 20s. That's totally true. Of course, that's totally true.
0: Yeah.
1: But again, you know, it's it's about being conscious and about, about being aware of what you, who you want to become financially, what you want to be, where you want to be and taking control of that and actually thinking about, well, what can I do and what can't I do? And if people were to say to me, Fanny, I've got a thousand pounds, how would I invest it? My first thing would be to say to invest it in yourself, yeah. invest it in getting the knowledge in how to invest and how to start building wealth.
0: So you raised two really good points there, I think. So coming back to, well, you said that what you can control and what you can't control, I think that's really powerful. I think understanding what is in your power, you're responsible. And as we talked about in the start of the episode, where today you've had, you have access to the internet, kind of if you're a millennial, you've got, you know, YouTube, you can so much resources, you can go to a library and pick up any book you like. There's even like things like Google, which is a free online, um ebooks for anything that's still uh, that's 100 years old or something that's
1: well you've you've got a course haven't you on udemy
0: i've got a course yeah football formation asset allocation right. and how much is that i Isn't think nice, it was... so i offer i offer an hour of my time i've got a card game as well so I, should...
1: I know but what but the point i'm trying to make is i think i saw your book oh that looks lovely
0: ah uh, yes yeah, a card game to teach you how to invest a so football formation asset allocation. oh i
1: love that that's brilliant have you actually that's had nice, it made I'm... yet
0: Ah, uh, yeah, it's a car, yeah. I'll show you. It's uh, yeah. It's a it's all made, yeah. So, so the the thing. Oh, Card games. Oh, that's beautiful. Uh, I love hand that. that. Hand hand illustrated in uh, India. So, is that, I'm charging ninety seven pounds for that at the moment.
1: But the thing is, right, your course on Udemy. I think I looked yeah. at it today, and I think it came up for me at thirteen ninety nine.
0: Yeah, yeah. Right.
1: So for thirteen for fourteen pounds, which is less than the price of but there's about the price of a Domino's pizza. Yeah, you can sign up to your course yeah. and go and learn about investing. Exactly. It's, right, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. However, yeah. however, I see people go for the dominoes yeah. time and time again.
0: Yeah,
1: and this is where the responsibility has to come. And I think it's then it's about. So I I like to when I coach my clients, I like to take them. I call it going on a financial adventure. Yeah, and I think if you're going to go on an adventure, any kind of adventure, what do you need? You need a map. You need a compass. You need to be fit and motivated and you need a destination.
0: I like the analogy. That's great.
1: Right. So the first thing is look at the fit and motivation. You've got to decide if you're going to go on that financial adventure or not. Yeah. Right. And you can make that decision. You can you can say, actually, do you know what? I mean, I've spoken to people before I go. What's more important to you, saving money into an ISA now or going to Vegas? Going to Vegas. Yeah, wasn't the best question I could have asked. But I I had a chat with a a construction worker on the street the other week, last week. And I said, Can I talk to you about money? And he goes, Oh, I'm rubbish with money. Ho, 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 right? Laugh and joke, laugh and joke, which is what so many of us do that umbrella term. Oh, I'm rubbish with money, which has all sorts of emotional tears and pain underneath it yeah and i said he's i said do you when was the last time you haven't had a conversation about money and he said i have loads of conversations about money mostly with my bank manager who's telling me off for all the money i spend i go oh do you spend a lot of money he goes oh yeah i'm always in debt i spend way more than i earn ho 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 right like funny funny i said what do you spend your money on and he was with his mate he goes oh we spend it down the pub don't we, Mate. he says i spend at least 300 pounds a week down the pub and he said I'm 25 and I should be married and I should have kids and I said okay I said well would you like would you like to change that he goes nah not really and I went oh okay um he said no I'm quite happy as I am really I just go on I'm having a good time I said okay what was your mum and dad like about money with money he goes oh that's really interesting my mum my mum lives in a council flat on uh, on benefits and my dad, he lives in a million pound house. And I went, oh God, isn't that interesting? I said, who are you most like? He said, mum, mum, I'm like, mum. And I went, okay. I said, who would you most like to be like in five years time? And he went a bit quiet so he said dad. said, dad. I said, dad, I said, right, okay. So if I said, if I could wave a magic wand, if I could wave a magic wand, maybe you'd have to do a bit of the work. Would you be interested in it? And he looked at me in a completely different way. And he said, I'm gonna have to really go and think about that,
0: aren't I? Yeah, that's a really good example. No, I think that's very relevant.
1: No, so that's the first thing about the adventure. You need to decide. If you want to be motivated and fit enough to do it, and that means looking at your mindset
0: mm.
1: and not just reading books about it, really sitting down and doing the work, going through your money story, asking yourself, what do you believe? What was your mum like? What was your dad like? Who else was you who else were your role models when you were growing up? How were you how did you fit in at school? Were you financially judged? What were the other underlying emotions that were yeah. going on around your childhood? What did you feel? You know, how did it, how did it work for you? What funny little stories have you got? The one guy I coached, he came to me, he goes, I don't, he was in his sixties. He said, I don't know why I wrote this down Fanny, but you asked me to write my money story. And you said, if something comes to mind, write it down. He said, when I was five years old, I went down to the beach. I was with my mate and he was a few years older than me, which is why we were allowed down there. So we went down there on our bikes. And we were standing by the sea and all of a sudden he picked up my bike and he threw it into the sea. And I went, wow. And he goes, yeah. I said, how did you feel? He goes, I was really, really confused, but I also felt like, why would somebody do that to me? Why is somebody so cruel? Why, what, what did I do to deserve, to deserve that? And the thing is, he said, his mate got up and cycled away. So he was literally left standing by the sea. He couldn't go into the sea and get the bike because it was too far away, and he just felt really dumped on. Mm, yeah. And that was the interesting part. And he just wrote that down. And that was the seed that was planted that created the subconscious pattern of feeling yeah. dumped on again and again and again and again and again in his life.
0: Yeah, I do agree with you. I think subconscious and has a lot to do with it, and I. And you mentioned a, a, um, a study until your uh, children until they're seven years old have are affected by their parents and relationship. Uh, it's a, I think it's a Cambridge University study and it's, it's been well, um, well studied. I do think people can change though. They, I do come back. Definitely. To- oh, absolutely. Can change. Definitely. Of course, Just because we can change. A, you have a, an experience when you're young, doesn't necessarily mean that you can change. I, I did a po- another podcast called The Unfair Advantage, um, an author, he, um, hussain um he had, his his book called the unfair advantage he actually won the business uh business book award last year and he talks about you could even use these unfair advantage if if these bad things happen to you as a kid you can almost use that as your um as your you know your superpower and you can actually get oh that's i've been i don't know, for whatever, you're bullied as a kid well, like i did yeah there you go so you, I, you can use it as a fuel to kind of actually i'm never going to let this happen again and i can however go, However,
1: it, but the thing is, you've got to just make sure that you're going to the right thing. So for me, even though I went, you know, my all my stepfather gave all our money away and I'm never going to be beholden, you know, and I'm going to get be a millionaire, et cetera. It was the yeah. shame and the disappointment. And when we're talking about people can change. When I realized that the shame and the disappointment were the key factors for me and I was able then to go. But I'm not a disappointment, though, am I? And actually be able to put some truth to it, because the thing is, I want to make it very clear to your listeners Yes, it's all very good to have a wallow in our past and maybe feel a little bit sorry for ourselves before. But we're not going to live there. Right. Yeah, because yeah. beliefs are thoughts that we continue to think. And yes, the beliefs could be from our past, but they're only going to stay true if we live there. Mm-hmm. I think that's a bit of a Tony Robbins quote that I've nicked there. But, yeah. um, you know, we don't live in our past. We work out what happened in our past and we process the pain. Because for those who are carrying the victim archetype, and I work with money types, which I haven't actually mentioned yet, and I'll talk about them in a minute. But there's um I work with these eight um money types, which we have all of them within us. So it's like this also is part of the financial adventure. So I have on this thing with the financial adventure. So we talked about being fit and motivated. Obviously you need a map, which is your budget and you need a compass, which is tracking your spending. And then your destination is where do you actually want to go?
0: Yeah. And
1: if you think about it, we're going on this adventure in a bus.
0: Yeah.
1: And we time round talking about who was the driver, right? So if you think about it, we've got eight personalities, money personalities within us, or eight characters. Yeah. as the innocent, the victim, the warrior, the martyr, the fool, the creator artist, the tyrant and the magician. Yeah. We have to ask ourselves, yeah. Which one of those characters is driving our bus, if any of them? If any, because let's face it, for a lot of people, nobody is driving their financial life, nothing is driving their financial life, empty space. And they're either headed to just like run out of steam and stop, or they're headed for the cliff face, right? So we need to try and decide which of the money types is driving the bus. And if the victim is driving the bus, oh woe is me, everything goes wrong, it wasn't my fault, it's everybody else's fault, blah, 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 that's fine, that's good because the chances are you did have some awful things that happened to you when you were small but what we need to do is we need to process that pain and then move through it so that we can get the warrior and the magician driving
0: the bus. Yeah, it's fantastic. I I had a look on your website, it looks really interesting and it's based on Carl Jung's psychology which I'm a big big fan of and he talks about he his work was on kind of introvert ex, introvert. If you're an introvert, you like you get your energy from yourself, or an extrovert, yeah. you go you get your energy from external uh, people. But I find yeah that those sort of things where you can categorise people. Obviously, you don't want to kind of everyone's kind of fluid and everyone kind of moves between these archetypes. But yeah, to try and try and,
1: and this is the this is and this is the key because I think there's quite a lot of other personality type quizzes that are around that goes. this is your personality yeah money types aren't like that at all the money types are showing you where you are not who you are and that's okay. really really important because i can go i you know for me if I look at a task say for instance for me um driving abroad has been a big thing for me for many many years right and I've shied away from it it frightens me and I go oh my god no I just couldn't do it and I drive drive an automatic in England and to get into a higher car in Spain with a gear stick and drive on the wrong side of the road ah, that's bringing out my innocence right the innocent going I don't want to do it oh my god I'm fearful it's going to go wrong and actually can you drive Neil it would be much easier if you drive yeah right so we can all we can all have this stuff come out not just necessarily about money but about different parts of our lives yeah. but actually when i went to spain this year and i didn't have my husband with me i had to drive the car and you get in the car and you go i know how to drive a car this yeah. is okay and all of a sudden my warrior takes over and go i'm there baby here i go yeah. we've now we've now killed this and so everybody can change everybody It's yeah. about just but, you know, our brains are here, tell us to try and keep, they're here to try and keep us safe.
0: Yeah.
1: And if they feel that we're going to go into a place of danger, like going into a bank and asking to speak to the bank manager. I had a one client who said that she thought that every time she went into a bank, she was going to get arrested and put in prison, you know, for her yeah. own reasons. But we can conquer those fears
0: We can get yeah. around those fears no i do agree i think but then coming back to our brains want to keep us safe it's we evolved from a place that a time that isn't relevant anymore so that's it we lived in a place you know ten thousand years ago we would eat uh you would go out hunting and you'd cap you know you'd get uh whatever you'd, you'd catch a buffalo or whatever and you'd have to eat that right away because we didn't have fridges we didn't have a freezer to kind of preserve that we didn't have to think about what am I going to do when I'm 65 when you're 25 you just want to eat that meal straight away so we now have to think much longer in the future we have to picture ourselves as our kind of future self so think about what is Neil going to look like imagine what I quite say often to my clients imagine meeting yourself at 55 like you open the door and that person's looking at you and you're like he's either going to kind of hug you and thanks thanks for so much or he's going to be a bit annoyed that you went to Vegas instead of actually putting 10% 10% of money into your savings account into an investment account so it's also thinking long we have to think much longer it's longer term than we ever had before and this is tough this is harder than we had as a millennial I'm kind of clinging on for dear life as a millennial I'm kind of the top end of millennials but <laughs> millennials had to you know, didn't have to you now have to think about what are we going to be like in you know 20 years time where previous generations didn't have to think about that because they would get a guaranteed income for life so it's these kind of skills, it's a skill. That's the thing. Investing, it's not an art, it's not a science, it's a practice. It's you get better by practicing. It's like your car example as well. I talk about this in my book, chapter four of my book, where if you look under the bonnet of a car, it looks so daunting, it looks pretty scary. But if you're with a you have an instructor sitting next to you, you can choose to go on first gear. If you want to be a bit more adventurous, you can go in fourth gear. And yeah, it's it's not gonna, you know, it's a skill and skills. Get better by practice,
1: and I think that's the interesting thing about money. You've you've come up with a really good point there. Is that, and this is something that I say to my students and clients: if you think about money when you're learning about money as learning about something that's completely alien to you, because this is the thing with money is that you're 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 feeling silly before right at the get-go because you think that you should know about stuff right but you don't have to go that just think that you're going to start learning a subject that you've never ever come across before I mean I remember when I started doing a bookkeeping course
0: yeah
1: years ago the first the first class was how to write a check yeah now there'll be quite a lot of young people now that will go what's a check (laughs) right
0: yeah
1: fair play but it was like I was in that class and I was going okay so how do I write a check okay, I know how to write a check so I automatically felt good about it but I approached the subject as if I knew nothing yeah. and if you can approach when you're learning about money when you're in the hands of a money coach or you're in a financial literacy class or something like that but you know nothing and just allow the information to come to you you probably realize how much you know and how much easier it is
0: yeah and it's being around is getting experience around being other people, around other people. You can today it's amazing. You can turn on a podcast and listen to interviews that have people from people who have had you know decades of experience just from a click of a button. You can um yeah, get experience, get education and get skills and experience yourself. So yeah, that's that's amazing. So any kind of steps you would take if someone listening at home was actually right, we've talked about why it's so important, kind of talk about what a money coach is and what we do, what of practical steps can someone listening at home take to kind of improve the, either their money mindset or their money in general
1: I think the first thing that I would say is is there any resistance to d- discover first of all whether you literally just have a lack of knowledge but you're ready to mm-hmm. learn yeah. or you have that or you have some kind of resistance that's stopping you do it. So, for instance, you start get sitting down and you're just about to make a list of your income and your expenses, and all of a sudden, the cleaning the loo beckons. Mm, yeah, exactly. Right? It's become extremely attractive, or you feel sick, or yeah, you feel yeah. fear, or you've yeah, got yeah. some kind of emotion that's coming up. That's going to be like we talked we talked about before in conflict with your inner yeah. soul, your inner being that wants the best for you. So, discover, put, and approach the whole subject of your feelings and emotions around money with curiosity. There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing that needs fixing. There's just some things that we need to discover about what's holding like what's the brick wall in front of you actually starting to want to have a healthy financial life because if I was to ask you the question how much do you how much time do you spend worrying around money
0: yeah
1: and you think about that I then say to you so if you spend all of that time worrying about money why is it that everything seems more important than finance for you So ask yourself that question. The other thing I would say to people, if I can be blatant, is go and take the money type quiz on my website because you just get presented with a load of words that you tick on whether you feel they apply to you around money or not. And it will give you an indication as to which money types are coming up for you. And if you have not got an active warrior and magician and creator artist, which is more than 50% each in percentage-wise... Then I think that looking at your relationship with money is really, it could be really important to you if you care right now. And if you don't care right now, one, you're probably not listening to this podcast, I would think. So you do care, just approach the situation again, situation again with curiosity and know that there is ample help out there for you, that you can become an excellent money manager very quickly and can be on the yellow brick road. To starting to invest almost today.
0: Brilliant. So mindful of your time, uh, Fanny. So any we talked about the books. So, talk more about that book. We mentioned it briefly. We introduced it earlier in the show. Any books you'd recommend or any?
1: Yeah. Well, obviously there is the site. There is this, the psycho cybernetics. I would recommend that one. I think if you want to learn about practical finance and you want to learn about um, investing, there's a yeah. fantastic book called How to Own the World
0: my okay. andrew prague yeah he was going to come on our podcast unfortunately he's he's writing another book so he's writing another book at the moment yeah where he's do you to have a chat podcast, as but well he, unfortunately, he couldn't make it but that's yeah highly recommend that book it's essentially
1: the other the other thing is you can go on the internet rather than read the book but the six more we both know the six most important words in money so I mean, what are they income expenses assets and liabilities okay. cash and flow right Right. so it's learning about how how those six words work in finance and if you actually just go onto the internet or you look at the book rich dad poor dad it will tell you though I mean it's a a quite a long book to give that sort of short message but a book like that is is fantastic to read rich dad poor dad and it's so it's such an easy read so I would I would go there
0: he's written other books as well so I'm a big fan of Robert Kiyosaki but well, I think they should almost, they should take to that at school. That'd be on my book on my curriculum. There's other books that he's written. Actually, the second book is probably my cash flow
1: co- The cash flow quadrant.
0: Cash flow quadrant is great. Yeah, I, and the other one is kind of introduction to investing. But there's everyone talks about the, uh, the rich dad product, But he's. Written so many good books that um yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of him. So that's a great, great record. Yeah,
1: he's good. He's become a little bit of a caricature of himself in later. He has a, I
0: still think he should get a Nobel Prize, which is the big if you look at some of the other Nobel Prize winners in e- economics, um, I think he's had more of an impact on people than
1: Yeah, very likely. Speaking. And of course, Read, Think and Go Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill.
0: Yeah, it's a great one, yeah
1: um so that i mean there's load. there are loads of books and the book that is from the money coaching institute is called money magic by deborah price
0: okay okay nice and there's also shameless plug millennial money mindset, this money mindset. in 2018 but i'm happy to send you a copy if you'd um i'd love one uh, okay great yeah i'll, I'll send one. you my address uh,
1: so okay, um I'm re- can I tell you something that I think is just a bit of a coup which I'm quite ha- I'm really happy with which I think is a which is a really good move forward in the financial well-being sector so they, they have the money marketing magazine awards okay. every year and I'm been so I'm so chuffed to bits to have been shortlisted as a, as a finalist
0: wow, as the speak. yeah
1: as the financial well-being champion of the year 2021 Great. but what I love about that is that for the first time I I think In all the categories, I'm the only person there, I believe, who isn't a financial advisor, who doesn't come from financial services. So that makes
0: me really chuffed. We didn't even talk about that today. That was meant to be our main subject. (laughs) We've kind of gone on. What was? The difference between financial advisors and money coaches. So I think, essentially, I've explained that. Financial okay, advisors, financial advisors
1: are going to sit down and actually, uh, and actually going to recommend products and services that you should invest your money in. In fact, they really need to do that because that's how they earn their money. Um, yes, exactly. They're going to, they possibly might touch on your relationship with money, but I think they might ask you the questions. But I'm not sure that they're going to. I'm not sure how how they are. It, it's not going to go as deep as the as money coaches are going to go because they don't have the time to do that. That's not how they make their money, right? and that's and that's just fine it's good there's a, a financial advisor very much has their place in this world but it's not the same as money coaching money coaching is more, like, is more so like I a money see. mentor a money mate
0: yeah exactly so the, uh, the way I see it, I used to be a financial advisor I, I see it more as a chauffeur so if you want to get someone from A to B you can call up a, a financial advisor and they would they would take you there straight away whereas what a money coach or what I offer I like to think that it's more almost like driving. So what well, the Iron Rand quote, right?
1: Teaching I'm you right. to drive, teaching you to drive your own financial life.
0: Exactly. So that's the way I see it. So essentially we're sitting with you in the passenger seat. We have a break. If things are getting a bit scary, we can stop the car and get out and kind of we can teach, we kind of teach you the theory. We teach you the practice, actually getting in the car, turning on a key, put it into, do you want to go first gear, second gear? You can actually yeah. go to fifth gear, making sure you avoid the kind of, the dangerous paths and but it's also giving you the freedom to do actually what you want to do so rather than a chauffeur you're kind of locked in or tied in with a person who's going to drive you around you're you have the wind in your hair the idea is to kind of we, we don't want to sit with you the whole time we essentially want to teach you the skills and the experience and the education too you can go out on the road yourself or essentially invest yourself with having that freedom to get you to- absolutely
1: absolutely Absolutely. Can I tell your listeners about a course that I'm running soon, or is that? Yeah. Is that, so um, the final
0: question was going to be yeah, where if someone wants to find out more information from you, your so team, find
1: it. At the moment, what I'm doing is I coach one to one individuals, okay. but um, I'm a specialist a couples money coach. Okay. Um, which is fun, but I run a couple of courses as well. I do one for women, which is called Loving Me, Loving My Money, which is purely for women, whatever small groups. Yeah. But I do another one, which is called My Money Makeover. And it's a ten-week course, and you get a load of videos, um, and we have a weekly Zoom call and a WhatsApp group, so we have support all the way along. It's a ten-week course.
0: Yeah.
1: What's the most amazing is, is I get people from all different levels of wealth. So I get people who can barely afford the fee, and I get people who are multimillionaires. And the wonderful part of it is, it's about blowing the doors off the conversation about money. So we come onto the Zoom chat, and. Um, we have a conversation about money, you know, and it's really, really good. I'm going to be running another one soon. Um, and like I said, it's called My Money Makeover and the fee is 350 quid. That's it for a 10 week course. Um, so, yeah, if you're interested, but you can go to my website, which is fannysnake.com. It's, I'm having a website relaunch later this month, um, but it's still there. And uh, I, I'm not that difficult to find, really, with a name like mine. You just put Fanny Snake into Google and it comes up. Not many of us. And if you fancy doing the money type quiz, I'm always happy to do a half an hour consultation about that quiz to give you an idea as to where you is going in your financial life.
0: Brilliant. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah Thanks so much, Fanny. That's You've given away so much information and so much value there. So I really appreciate it and hope that the listeners will appreciate that as well. So if you like the episode, please like, please subscribe and please tell a friend about Millennial Money Mindset. If you want the fruits, you need the roots. This podcast is brought to you by the book Millennial Money Mindset. If you want the fruits, you need the roots. It's the five-step method to getting money mindset. Getting more money into your pocket, more time in your day, and less stress in your life. Get your copy today. I think that sounds all right.